our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sim. Hey, Sonia. How are you? You know what? It's a good morning. It is sunny. Summer is coming. I just made myself like a berry smoothie. I put on my active wear. It's just, it's one of those Sunday mornings. Can I ask you a question? Do you use fresh berries in your smoothies or do you use frozen berries? Do you think I'm a millionaire? I use Frozen. Yeah, I mm, Frozen is the way to go just from like Countdown, a Pack and Save, the like bulk budget bags. That's me. The reason I ask is because I saw this post on, it was either Twitter or TikTok. <laughs> That's where I spend most of my time talking about if you use fresh berries in your smoothies every day, that's like a sign of wealth. And I thought about it and I was like, that's so true. It's like $7 a punnet for like blueberries, right? It is something crazy. I think we bought like a punnet of blueberries once in my life. Never again, of course. Anyway, what are we talking about today? So today, Sonia, we are having a discussion about hustle culture and the effects of it. What really sparked my interest in this conversation is the article that came out came out a few years ago, but it was by Harvard Medical School and it was titled Only the Overworked Die Young, which... I was like, oh, like that's a bit rough. But they found that a study done by the College of London looked at over 600,000 workers and they found that if you worked more than 55 hours a week and they had a 13% greater risk of a heart attack and 33% more likely to suffer a stroke while accounting for things like smoking, alcohol, physical activity, That is a huge number. That is not something that you kind of look at and go, "Mm," like, you know, fair enough, these things happen. And so I think for me and for us, today's really about understanding the benefits of hustle culture, but also maybe the cons of hustle culture. If you've been a long time listener, you'll know that to a small degree, okay, to a medium sized degree, I am pro hustle culture for myself and pro like side hustles like I really am that side hustle friend but I am self-aware and Sonia is very much the type of friend that's just like hey are you are you okay do you want to take a step back do you want to take the weekend off and so I think it will be good to have these two different perspectives not clash but just have a 
have a discussion, have a debate. We talk about this topic a lot, so I'm glad that we're finally doing an episode on it. To start the conversation off, I thought we'd dive into perhaps the cons of hustle culture first. And the con is, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my God. That, that's an argument over. I don't like it. We can move on. On to your points now. You're too much. Tell us. Tell us what your cons are. Okay. First and foremost, I know that this isn't an argument, but I would just like to shed light on the Urban Dictionary definition of hustle culture, and that is the glorification of working very long hours in hope of reaching one's professional goals while having a disregard for their health and their relationships with their loved ones. Someone did not like hustle culture when they wrote that. Yeah, so that's the Urban Dictionary definition of it on social media platforms It can be those rise and grind community members that just make you feel shit for not waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning, getting started on your day and not working straight away and only getting like three hours of sleep. I feel like it's gone from using your story and your success and how you got there as inspiration to this, oh my gosh, your entire worth as a human being is productivity and work. And being an entrepreneur, like you have to work 24-7 just to rest when you're 40. I think in some aspect, hustle culture has always existed. Before social media, it was still, you need to work 40 to 60 hours a week at a good job. You need to climb your way up the corporate ladder. You need to do overtime to get a promotion. I think it's just been pushed upon us in a different aspect. We've thrown in like really cute videos mashed up together about productivity and what your day might look like. I was going to say, are you talking about those TikTok videos that are like day in my life and it's just like 24 hours of just pure productivity? Absolutely. Yeah. What I wanted to say or like to add on to what you're saying is I do agree with that side of it. Like there's only so much or so hard a person should work in their day job. I kind of see it like a graph, like on one side, you've got how hard you work, but then it's at the expense of your health. And there should be a balance where you're not working so hard that your health is starting to drop off. Because the way that I always think about it is if I worked so hard for a job to the point that something happened to me and I, I don't know, passed away or like got really sick and couldn't work anymore, like my job would mourn me. And then a month later, they would put up a listing for a new position, you know? You think they would really wait a whole month? I'd like to think so. You know, out of respect for my like dead body. And that's the thing, like you become unable to work, but you've tied your whole purpose and your self-worth based on this job. What happens then? You have to deal with the emotional repercussions of figuring yourself out, how you want to be valued, how you want to show up, minus the job bit, minus the overworked bit, what are you left with? I feel like that can be really hard for people to navigate through. And and it's such a reality for some people that they have to face. So they go through these breakthroughs and then speak out on their experience. I feel like the pandemic in general has shed light to maybe the toxicity of this rise and grind. You need to be productive 24-7 because I've definitely noticed a shift in my social feeds that turned to more 
work-life balance or the importance of rest or wellness in general. And I think more companies are getting behind that as well. I genuinely think like the rest of the world, like all my friends overseas and like my online friends, it's been such a huge change in what we value. And I think the whole like, what is it called right now? The Great Recession? No, the Great the great Resignation. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> the Great Resignation is such an important movement right now because it just goes to show that a lot of people have become fed up with the way that work fits into their life and they would rather not work for that company and find perhaps a lower paying job or a remote job that doesn't pay as much because it just, they've realized like what is important for them. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't really argue with you on the this point so I'll have to give you that one. I really do get the motivational part behind it. I think some people need that to you know continue with their work day or keep sight of their vision or their why when they're launching a business or starting a side hustle or going to a full-time job. I really do get that. But I think when you focus just on the work hard and everything will come to you, I don't think that's always the case because there's definitely people out there working two to three jobs to like make ends meet. And I don't doubt for a millisecond that they're working hard for them and their families. I feel like it just glosses over the bigger issues of like societal and class privilege on why people may not see this extravagant success but they're no doubt working hard on the flip side I feel like if you are working 24 7 how are you going to be a good leader or a nice human or creative and innovative innovative however you pronounce that word um when you're overly stressed out and you're not getting enough sleep and you're hungry all the time I don't think that burnout stage or that fight or flight response which seems to be what most people exist in when they're so hyper focused on productivity I don't think that breeds creativity if the baseline is just doing the bare minimum do you think there should be still some level of maybe going above and beyond every now and again I think that's really valid. I do work in a corporate environment where high performer stance is to go above and beyond and how you've helped others. I think there's definitely ways to do that in your normal nine to five. I'm not saying like an extra hour here and there is going to affect like your work-life balance at the end of the day. You're making these decisions for you. I've read this great book. It's called Thrive by Ariana Huffington. She's the co-founder of Huffington Post and she challenges this thought of work and money shouldn't be like definition of success for everyone. That's in her like intro or first chapter of her book and her epiphany moment, if you will, and at this stage she was working probably 20 to 21 hours a day. She fell due to exhaustion. She hit her head on the side of the table and she woke up surrounded by blood, which is a pretty dramatic epiphany. But for other people, it's more subtle. It's you waking up one day and you're like, wow, I've spent the last three years at this job. I haven't got anything that I wanted I've been working 80 hours a week. I'm going to change that, which is why people are resigning. It's interesting that you mentioned that about Ariana Huffington because I've always seen her name pop up a lot when it comes to like anti-hustle culture or like have more of a work-life balance. So I didn't actually realize that that's probably where that came from because she actually did write a public letter to Elon Musk in 2018. That's back when Elon was like, oh, you know, I'm just putting in like 120 hour work weeks to get Tesla through and I'm, I'm sleeping there, you know, sleeping in the factory overnight. And so she wrote a public letter, probably on the Huffington Post. And she was literally like, hey, Elon, can you just 
take care of yourself? Can you just take care of your health? And I think now, like knowing what you've said, it probably came from like a place of I have been there and it is not worth it. And listen, I'm not naive to the fact that we need money to have a choice in this life, in this capitalist world that we live in. And we talk a lot about financial freedom and personal finance, obviously, but the decisions that you make should be personal to you. And there's no there's no one path to success. And I guess this freedom that we always talk about that means something different to different people. I'm all for sharing knowledge and like breaking down steps on how people got to where they are now. I think that's super important. We do that here on a weekly basis and on our social media platforms. But I hope the way that we're educating isn't coming across as you need to do this. Please feel bad for not being here at, at this stage of your life. I feel like not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or own their own business. I feel like there's this shame now to admit that you like your nine to five. People are seen as not as inspirational or not as motivational or they're not as making a significant of an impact to the world or to society if they're not an entrepreneur. But let me just say that entrepreneurs need employees. They need people to facilitate their business ideas and do some of the work so I think that there is absolutely no shame in being an employee and I think maybe old me like when I was younger I just like you do you just think everyone is like you and you think that you're 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 so sheltered in all the different opinions and different ways of life that I genuinely you know when I was like 18 19 used to think that no one wants to work a nine to five. Like we're all on this path to do things ourselves. And I quickly realized that that's not the case. And I absolutely respect and love that there is the option for people to enjoy their jobs. And we speak about this on our Instagram all the time. Like some people want to work and be their own boss. Some people want a nine to five. And both of those groups of people can do really well and invest their money and reach whatever financial goal they have. And it absolutely does not have to be through only one path. Mm. Some people love just coming home and just being like, five o'clock or six o'clock, I'm done. I don't want to look at work. I just want to live with my family. I want to do my own thing. And I think that, I mean, it's it makes sense. It's beautiful. It's just interesting that some people love it and then some people don't. I think the message that I'm just trying to get across with this whole thing is I agree with hustle culture in a sense of motivating and inspiring people to a certain extent. It's when it tips over to making people feel bad or you're degrading people um, and you're looking down on them or making them feel inferior for what they want to do. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. 
So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I'm a huge advocate for wellness and rest and trying to mitigate burnout as much as possible, which is why I am that friend that's always like, have you eaten? Have you slept? Have you <laughs> taken a break? Like I'm constantly messaging Sim because bless her, she inspires me on the daily, but I'm concerned about that part of things usually when it comes to friendship. There's one thing in hustle culture that I am for, and that is side hustles for yourself if you are creating a business, but I am not for burning yourself out in a job. Like I will never put myself or want anyone to put themselves in a position where you like I said with that graph you're going so high that your health is starting to decline like nothing is worth losing especially not your health for a career so that kind of side hustle culture or hustle culture I'm not for I'm also not for promotion of it and making it seem like you're doing so well and like look at me i wake up early and I've achieved this and I've done that and I think that was something that this year started to become more apparent with me like I when I started like Girls and Best for example it was this little baby like no one cared about it and no one would talk about it with me and then recently like as we started growing and then you know we, we started the podcast when I would like hang out with my friends or hang out with like extended family members or at work things would start to do well, you know, like it would get on the news or it would, would reach like a milestone and people would congratulate us. And it was amazing. But I realized that you don't, that you have to find a balance between sharing your success and sharing how amazing this baby that you have is growing, but also not constantly sharing it when people aren't asking, because then, you know, you kind of cross over to a line where you're kind of making people feel bad. And you really have to be careful about that because you don't want to be that friend. You don't want to be like, look at what happened at, like with this or look at this, how much I made with this or I bought a house. Yay. I think those are all things to celebrate. And like, yes, I, I allow myself to celebrate it, but I've realized that sometimes it's better just to share those things with like a few close friends and not every single successful point with everyone because then I start to feel like I'm contributing to this like hustle and work hard and like look what I can achieve. All those points that you have made, it's like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, no, like that's true as well. So I don't actually feel like I was able to fight you on them, but maybe you can fight me on some of the reasons why I think there should be some level of side hustle culture. So not hustle culture in itself, but the idea that for me, and this is just based on my experience. I like the idea that I can work my nine to five, I can come home and I can spend an extra two hours a day working on something for myself. And the amount of effort I put in or the amount of effort I don't put in is absolutely equal to the outcome that I get out of it. I love the idea that I can get extra income and reach my goals faster than if I was just in a job. Like, start of last year I started working at my job if I had not done my side hustles 
I would have absolutely not been able to buy a house within a year. Half of my deposit was my income, which is still great. And that was from like saving very aggressively. But the other half was from my side hustles and then from investing my side hustle money into the stock market and then going from there. Like there's only so much progress I can make if I work a salary job and there's no like commission-based work. I think it's obviously different if you work in like sales, for example, then you're in a position where the more, more input you put in, the more you can get out of it. But if you work a job like mine, you get paid the same amount no matter like what effort you put into that job. So I think my desire to be able to have more control of that comes into there. That's a really good point. I think for certain professions, especially in the healthcare industry, you could be working your butt off but still wearing, like making the same amount of pay. And it depends on how fast you want to accelerate your goals. So I agree with you. I agree with you there. Another thing that I had loved about just having side hustles, and for those that are new, just to explain what I do, I consult with um, brands to help them grow their like social media following. I create content for brands. I have two e-commerce websites, um, which is like a print-on-demand, and I've done a bit of drop shipping as well. And so it sounds like a lot. And there's also this podcast. I forgot about that one. What I love about it all is that all of this I do because it's fun to me. I get to learn new skills. And it's just like a learning process. Like I've got a friend who loves playing the guitar and for them, the idea of like developing the skill and honing it and just getting really good at it, that's how I feel about doing all these extra skills because I've learned how to create a website, you know, I've learned how to do marketing, I've learned how to write a proposal, you know, like all these things that I wouldn't do in my day-to-day job. And it's nice just to Find things that you like and also find things that you don't like. And therefore, you kind of diversify your skills. And if I ever were to leave my job, I now have like five other really useful skills that can help me, you know, go into a different field if I ever wanted to. Okay. So, the key points that I'm getting from this one, you enjoy what you're doing and you have the mindset of I get to do this I get to learn these new skills and you're focusing on those positives rather than I have to do this and this is tiring me out but I have to continue doing it to accelerate my goals or whatever so I like how you've described your side hustles and I'm actually in alignment with everything that you're saying I'm sorry this is not the fight that we've both get up for we're both just making excellent points it seems I really thought we would argue more. Like I was gearing myself up for it. I was really looking forward to this. So this is a bit of a shame. I do also just want to note that everything I'm saying obviously comes with like a layer of privilege, right? Like if I work in a job where my nine to five is comfortable and I can pay my mortgage, I can buy my groceries, I can pay my electricity and even have a little bit left over to then invest, that is a different scenario for someone that is doing side hustles just to make ends meet. And I don't agree with like the real core of that, the core being that like people aren't getting paid enough in their day jobs to the point that they are pushed to make extra income. Like that doesn't sit well with me and that shouldn't be the way that our companies run. And then probably the thing that 
I would say had the most impact on me was last year with COVID, like I started my job February, mid-Feb, and then four weeks later, I'd like moved to a new city for this job. And like four weeks later, you know, COVID hit March 2020 and I had to go back home and I had to like move back, like take all my stuff back to my parents' house. I had to live there. And because my work wasn't something that I could do remotely, I had just like the government subsidy to pay me, which was it was okay, but it, you know, it wasn't my full income. And I just realized how fragile is probably not the right word, but just how quickly things can change and how important it is to diversify my income. And for me, that's also another reason why I believe in having side hustles for myself, because it's just good to know that if things hit the fan, it's fine. Like it's fine if one of my businesses drops because I've got like two other ones, you know, or it's fine if my job is suddenly like, hey, look, you know, you're the newest person here. COVID's just hit. We're going to have to let you go because that would have been so fair. And it just gives me peace of mind to know that because I have all these other skill sets, because I have other forms of income, like I'll always be okay and I'll always be able to look after myself. Yeah, I think more and more millennials, Gen Z, I feel like we're really figuring out that it does bring a huge peace of mind having multiple income streams. I just want to finish off by saying like I am all for rest and importance of that and I I would never want to hurt my health and I think I'm still trying to find the balance between my health is important obviously but also I have to put in more than average to get more than average results. I've just started to learn the balance and the importance of rest, especially this past year. And I still relate to those humorous resources memes on Instagram um, and on the internet. We're not perfect. We're just trying to figure it out ourselves. I think my favorite part out of all of this is that even though we both view it so differently, we're both very, very successful and happy and content with what we do. And it just goes to show like you can be the person that loves the nine to five. You can be the person that tries to do something else outside of it. And both of those people can do very well and enjoy life and reach their goals. Like we kind of embody the two, I guess, sides of the coin. So before we go, just a couple of quick things. Definitely check out our Facebook group if you want to find a safe space to ask any investing questions that you may have. Join us on Instagram. We have 67,000 followers. It is crazy. We always like to post little investing tips and quirks on there. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and family or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out so much. Now, disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investing or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. All right, till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sim. Bye.